welcome to the Been There Got Here podcast. This is Sach, and today I wanted to talk about my health journey. Now, as I was preparing, as I was preparing for this talk, I just didn't even know where to start. It's definitely been a journey, and I would say it wasn't until the past couple of years that I actually felt like I was understanding maybe what that root cause of all my problems were. Um, I had been struggling with uh, most particularly just itchiness, um, eczema, digestive issues, um, as well as fatigue. And so if you are struggling with any of these type of symptoms, um, if you would just continue to listen, you might find some helpful tips and resources that have helped me along the way. I realized that Everybody's story is different, especially when it comes to health, but I do think that I have learned a lot along the way, and that's what I'd like to share today. So as of now, if I were to share my diagnoses with others um, over the past couple years with the help of some wonderful doctors, I have been able to know what was going on for about Five years prior to this, I was really in the dark, but I was really set on trying to avoid medicating the symptoms, and I really wanted to uncover what the root cause was for my issues, so I really avoided any type of over-the-counter medication, topical steroid creams. Now, I do know at some points that some of those type of interventions are necessary and I've had to you know resort to taking something but I I did notice in some periods of my life that if per se say for example I used a topical steroid cream it seemed to make the situation or the matter worse and I ended up having to depend on on the cream and I just didn't want to do that all right so today um, what I, I guess my diagnoses would be um, severe inhalant allergies as well as some mild food allergies. Um, I was recently diagnosed with Sjogren's syndrome, and um, the most recent being um, small intestine bacterial overgrowth which is also referred to as SIBO. And so I'm gonna talk about the test results and just the supplements and all of that that have helped with those, um, with, with those issues. All right, so um, in the last couple of years, I really didn't know where to turn, um, but thankfully with prayer, I do think that Sometimes we get so overwhelmed, and I have found that I have probably seen probably a handful of doctors, and as much as they all are kind of pointing in the right direction, there are times when I was taking 20 supplements um, that I was, you know, kind of going to some extremes that I felt. I was, I just felt like I was desperate for answers, and by that, I don't, I don't know if I... (laughs) was doing the right thing. At this point, my whole approach is a well-balanced diet. I rotate 
I have a very diverse and I rotate the type of food items that I eat just because I am susceptible to sensitivities and allergies. I also um, take supplements but I try not to overdo it and I also think that, that I, I do have to keep in mind some of the herbal and um, the herbal type of remedies and functional foods that we tend to maybe overtake just because we think that it's a little more healthy. In addition, um, I've also cut out any foods that cause inflammation. So I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, and I am trying to introduce, though, some dairy as far as I, I eat a little bit of goat's milk and sometimes I do have um, some ancient grains so uh, spelts and kamut I'm just trying to bring that things back into my diet but but not overdo it so that's why I do have a meal plan and I try to follow that I also have cut out all sugar and the reason why I did that is um, Part of my journey has been dealing with systemic fungus infection. And so cutting out sugar and really being kind of careful with my sugar intake, I do feel like making all these changes have really helped me to where I am today. And I do feel like I'm starting to eat more foods. And then when I do have a reaction, I can really pinpoint what it is. I do tend to do better with not eating so many processed foods, so that's a whole other thing. So this has required a very dr like drastic change in my um, lifestyle. I cook a lot. It's just become the norm, but when you're used to not cooking a lot, this was a lot to get used to. So as I explain now a little bit more into detail, I kind of want to explain uh, a little bit about my son. So... My daughter had no issues. She's seven, but my son, when he was born, about three months after he was born, he started to experience some eczema. And I didn't think much of it because um, one of my, my sister's son was experiencing eczema, so I thought that it was a genetic thing. But the eczema ended up just getting worse and worse, and also my son wasn't really able to digest foods properly. Things were just going through his system. His stool was very liquidy. It just didn't look right. He just didn't look healthy. Um, he started to get a different kind of rash on his chest where it was just an open sore wound and he would try to scratch it. We tried to do everything to cover it, but we ended up resorting to kind of holding his arms down while he slept. It was definitely the most difficult time in my life, uh, just because when you see your baby just going through something like that, I can't even tell you what it did to me. I was so desperate just for help. I didn't get any answers. I did end up, when he was about 13 months, finding a integrative um, um, pediatrician. So he noticed immediately that he thought it was a fungal infection and just by putting a fungal cream on his chest, it cleared it overnight. And um, I had seen other doctors and they just said it was eczema. And so 
After that, this doctor was great and he started to provide enzymes and probiotics and prebiotics. <laughs> um, I mean, just turmeric, all these various things to help inflammation. He had a stool test done at that time and he had an issue with. I believe that his intestinal permeability, it was really high, and that's kind of, you know, the fancy way of saying um, leaky gut. And also on his report, he had an issue with E. coli. So <clears throat> once we kind of got that all cleared, we did resort to taking antibiotics. I would say it's been a very slow journey with him. We cut out all the foods that he was allergic. Um, we had to see an allergist, and he had an issue with avocado, dairy, egg, watermelon, and halibut. And um, one other allergy that I'll explain in just a bit is called alpha-gal. So once we cleared out, and at the time we only knew about like three of them, the alpha-gal watermelon halibut was his most recent test, which was a year ago. So <clears throat> once we cleared that out, I would say that his flare-ups would come and go. He would just break out on his neck. It wasn't hives, it wasn't quite eczema, and it would go away in three days, but he was extremely itchy. And the only thing that would really clear it was a fungal cream. So we kind of felt like it must be something systemic, just something in his bloodstream, something going on. So anyway, that kind of explains my son. And um, for me, Kind of similar issues um, were definitely going on. Everything the same except I was reacting to different foods. So I also at the time, um, I think what really basically kind of, if I look back and I kind of think about what may have happened for my son, what went on about the same time is we went to, uh, we went on a vacation and we were in Turks and Caicos, and we, I ended up eating some beans that didn't seem to be cooked properly, and it was my fault. I didn't cook them properly, and they probably were really past expiration, and when I ate that, I got extremely sick. I had a, a horrible case of food poisoning for about two days. Well, that soon after that is when my son broke out with his first batch of eczema, and as I've studied a little bit more about SIBO, it does seem like a food poisoning could be <clears throat> a, a cause of the bacterial growth that could happen in your small intestines. So I'm kind of thinking now that that may have been the case because it really, something happened, but I think my immune system was very already at a point of just not being in the best place. I had recently, I had the, um, I had some cavities and uh, about the time that my daughter, right after she was born, I put the um, agal, the, the type of filling that has the um, mercury in it. And um, when I went to go see a, um, a dentist later, amalgam, sorry, the amalgam filling, 
when I went right before I got pregnant with my son, a dentist was just saying I need to get it removed, and I ended up getting it done twice. And the second time, I know they knew what they were doing. They were they had like a whole body suit on, and they had all the special equipment. That wasn't the case for the first uh, dentist office, and I ended up reacting horribly. My whole face blew up. I ended up having to go to urgent care and get on antibiotics. I was having some type of uh, infection and it was in my like neck and my mouth. And so all that to say that was before my son, um, I got pregnant. And so anyway, um, the only other differences that I had that my son didn't have is I ended up getting pancreatitis. I was having a lot more hormonal issues. He was too. We both had issues with our thyroid, but I ended up having to see an endocrinologist and they said that, uh, I, I had pretty much wiped out my adrenal glands, and so I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, and also um, just I saw a gastroenterologist because my stomach was just always in pain. Um, about that time, the pain, they, they, they did an endoscopy and found that I wasn't quite digesting food, like there was still food after I had done, I think, like a day fast, and then also I had a lot of inflammation. So anyway, that was probably at, like, my peak, like, worst breakout. Um, it was hard being a parent of two kids. I was just so worn out. Um, for two years, I was trying to do it all on my own, trying to find answers, and um, I'm going to probably share more about my faith story, but this is a time that I became so desperate that I finally just fell on my knees and cried out um, to Jesus for help, and I prayed for uh, his healing there. Prior to that, I, I, I wouldn't go to him because I felt like he wasn't listening or he didn't care when all along he did, it was just that it was my heart and my attitude. And so when it was a genuine repentance, I felt like the Lord not only healed my heart that day, but he also was beginning to heal me in so many ways. And um, I guess I, I'll go into it more but later, but when I had my first endoscopy, they, they gave me a proton inhibitor pump or something like that. It was basically a steroid and I refused to take it and I had a follow-up appointment and without taking anything they said that my stomach healed and in that six-week duration is when I had this kind of encounter with God and then from that point on the Lord has only brought doctors that have helped me on my journey and I know that God could have instantly healed me that moment, but I almost feel like I went on this journey to really figure out what was going on, you know, even how to get healthy, finally getting answers that I never knew. And that's why I feel like I'm wanting to share this journey because um, I think that the story is important on how we get somewhere. All right, so... And after that, I saw many doctors, but the most helpful had been in the past couple of years. Um, one of them <clears throat> was an allergy doctor who actually was an ear, nose, and throat doctor that specialized in immunology. 
anyway, he really shed light on allergies. And for me, I had seen dermatologists, I had seen an allergist, and they always had told me that skin and food allergies are not connected. But this doctor, um, he actually got into the field because his brother had severe allergies, told me, no, they are, in fact, connected. And um, he was just really trying to find, like, what was going on, what my body was reacting to. So most times I would get kind of tested, like a panel that would test the most common allergens, but he actually wanted to test everything that I eat on a daily basis because he was thinking that I was, I basically was, um, reacting to foods that I, you know, consumed too much of, that you can actually you create an allergy or sensitivity. And I knew that was possibly the case because I my diet was so limited. So after a skin test and blood work, <clears throat> that it basically indicated that I had inhalant allergies to ragweed, various grasses and trees, my most severe being ragweed. And then when, for my blood work, um, I had found that I had an allergy to tomato, mango, pistachio, cashew, alpha-gal, and um, I believe I had one other one that day. into dandelion and so um, alpha gal I'll just explain what that is because I wasn't very familiar with it but based off of our history my, my son and I would react to random things alpha gal stands for galactose alpha 1 3 galactose and it's an allergic response to meat allergens in patients with the delayed onset of symptoms and so basically individuals develop a hypersensitivity to beef pork lamb as adults and as you know, I've researched more. He basically advised me not to eat any type of meat that comes from a mammal. And that's like so many things, right? So, but um, for some reason, they usually associate this with a tick bite. I've never been bitten by a tick, at least by what I know, and especially my son. So it was a very interesting thing. But these things were causing a lot of inflammation in our body, so we cut those foods out as, as long, all along with his allergies and mine, and that really seemed to help. And then this doctor just really, he gave me some resources that I'm going to post on our website at um, beentheregothere.com. I'm going to have a blog post where I'm going to talk more about some of these resources. But he gave me a couple pamphlets, one being one called Brain Allergies, and it, it talks about all the different foods and the families that they're in. It talks about a diversified rotation diet. There's a four-day plan, a seven-day plan. And so that was really helpful. And that's actually what I'm doing right now. I'm actually on a... It's probably... I'm not following it to a T, but I'm on a seven-day different plan where I diversify my... The meat that I eat, the... the um, grains that I take in, vegetables, plants, all, all, not plants, I'm sorry, vegetables and fruit. And um, what was so interesting is he also gave me a chart because there are certain foods that are associated with um, pollen allergies. So because ragweed is um, one of my highest inhalant allergies, um, watermelon, cantaloupe, honeydew, zucchini, cucumber, and banana 
have the same, um, are associated with the ragweed pollen. So when I'm kind of in a flare-up or it's a spring or um, fall for certain types of grasses and trees, when um, it's more severe, I just have to kind of be a little bit more on guard. I also find because it's hard for me to digest certain foods, I tend to, I can't really eat a lot of raw foods, and I know this goes against all the recent trends, but um, cooking things really helps me digest foods and not have so many issues. I found that I was having more issues with vegetables. So anyway, all that to say, I will link more of that information. My other, my doctor that actually referred me to this doctor She's a PA um, who specializes in integrative health, and she she did some some lab work on me. One was from True Health Diagnostics, and what was interesting um, it just kind of confirmed some uh, some suspicions. But I I discovered that I have the MTHFR gene mutation. Um, it is a I have only I only carry one gene, so. It's heterozygous, and it's the gene mutation C677T. I kind of suspected this because my sister, Nika, she had some issues with miscarriages, and um, she had a, a homozygous gene mutation, so we knew that she, both of my parents were carriers. I'm not sure if it was for the same C677T, but all that to say, um, that was something that was interesting and a little bit more about the gene mutation, particularly the C677T. Um, the enzyme has a profound influence over everything from hormone regulation to body toxin removal and nutritional deficiencies. It's commonly associated with heart disease, heart attack, stroke, blood clots, miscarriages, and so much more. And so um, my son actually got tested, and he has the same gene mutation that I do, and my daughter doesn't. So I don't know if that's why we have more issues with detox removal. That's why we have eczema, because even of, of what dermatologists have explained is our skin is our biggest organ, and so if we have issues with detox, like with our liver being overloaded, our skin is going to be um, maybe the next choice because it is our largest organ, and that's how it tells us something's wrong or that we're detoxing. So um, also something that was brought to my attention was um, the Sjogren's syndrome. And I was really surprised by this because I know one person that has this. And I, you know, I thought that maybe like when it came to autoimmune disorder symptoms, lupus, with the rashes and other ones, even, you know, Hashimoto's because of the issues that I was having with my hormones, they seemed to be more of like a likely fit. But every time when I did see an endocrinologist, I didn't, they didn't, um, I didn't fall under those categories. So with Sjogren's syndrome, typically signs and syndromes are dry eyes or dry mouth, dryness in other areas, including throat, skin, nose. Additional symptoms may include fatigue, fever, joint pain. So the only thing that really may have been something I could say, yeah, I do have that is the fatigue. The risk factors are family history, which I don't know of anyone in my family, a viral infection, 
such as cytomegalovirus and Epstein-Barr virus, and that's the only one that seems to be a possibility just because um, I did get tested for cytomegalovirus when I was pregnant with my son, my, my recent pregnancy. It was something that I requested just because when I was in graduate school, I did a project on cytomegalovirus because it's related to my field of study, and they told me that I did have it in the past, but I didn't get it with this pregnancy. So that could be how I, I got this issue with my immune system, but I guess I'll never know. So um, those were just some interesting things, and if you kind of combine them, the reason why I was so unsure even about my inhalant allergies, I'm not on any type of clarity, like any type of seasonal allergy medication. I've been recommended, but I don't deal with itchy eyes or, you know, runny nose. Yes, I do feel like my immune system does get flared up, and maybe that's how my body tells me, but I don't know if my Sjogren's and the inhalant allergies are kind of counterbalancing because I don't have any issue with being, like, super dryness, and maybe it's because I'd have an excess with my allergies, and it's, like I said, balancing out. So... That's kind of my explanation, just because it, it, it didn't make sense to me. So for those two things, I'm actually not doing anything. I'm just really trying to monitor my diet and taking certain supplements and um, just not too much. But I will talk a little bit more about those supplements later. One other test that the PA did for me was a stool test and that was done with Salvio. And the thing that came up with this, and this was actually the same company that my, my, his pediat my son's pediatrician when he was six months old um, also used, but intestinal permeability was also the issue for me. So that being leaky gut, and 85 and over is considered high. Mine was at 100.4. So even with the you know, I, I know I've had inflammation in my stomach. I know I've had stomach pain, but this was definitely showing um, in with the um, intestinal permeability. And as far as bacteria, it did say that I had H. pylori, which could confirm the issues that I had as a child, like 16, with ulcers. I had a lot of ulcer pain, and I had to see... A, gastroenterologist as a you know, child because of those issues and at the time you know a lot of times H. pylori they test it with a blood test and I've had it done probably three times based off of my my stomach complaints and it was always negative until I had a stool test so because I did all this when I was pregnant and I'm still nursing I haven't I didn't go the route that they had recommended, which typically is antibiotics. I probably won't do that just because the last time I took antibiotics, it really set me back a lot. And so there, I do have some resources that my doctor has given me that could be helpful. I actually haven't had any stomach pain um, in, I would say, in at least a year. I used to have it every day. So I do believe that... Um, my stomach is healing. It's probably not as bad as it was at some points. Another thing that the same doctor tested or we she drew, she sent off labs for was um, called the ALCAT, which is function, 
a test that tests food sensitivity, so not IgE, but the um, reactions that might come, like um, delayed reactions. And I think this one tested, I think it was either 400 to 600 food items. Also, they test functional foods and medicinal herbs, antibiotics, molds, preservatives, food additives. It was very informative. They have three categories, severe, moderate, mild, and acceptable, no reactions. I'm sorry, four categories. And I had a lot in severe, and they were for foods that, again, surprised me. Sweet potato, white rice, um, you know, white potato, broccoli, lettuce. I mean, it was a lot of foods that we would say, oh, those are, you know, the safe foods for allergies. So um, the whole goal with that is you, for six months, remove the foods that you're most severe. And since they tested so many foods that are acceptable, you kind of introduce those in your diet. There's a four-day rotational diet, um, depending if it's non-reactive, if it's mild, and you have to stay away from the moderate and, to, and severe for a time. And then what's great about this company is you can set up a 30-day consult, like a consult, and the <clears throat> the person that works there will walk you through things and also help you come up with this plan. So I did this for six months, and it was very helpful. And I do think that um, there was a lot of like even healing that I experienced internally just because when you do eat a lot of foods that you're sensitive to I do think that it could create an even bigger problem my allergist said that that could even create you know a potential allergy and I think that's what happened for me with dandelion when I'm pregnant I have issues with my gallbladder and so um, something to help with that a natural way is dandelion root and so I would drink that tea on a daily basis and when I you know did my blood work out of, I think it's out of, was it 6.9 or 7? I was a 4, but uh, I don't think I, I don't know. I didn't know that, and I thought that it was healthy. So once I eliminated that from my diet and all the other foods that were, you know, bothering me, I do think that that was very helpful. My son also did this, and so for six months we avoided it, and then the whole goal is... The whole goal is to is you add in foods you add in foods that are going to over time um, that you avoided you want to add in the foods that you eliminated because um, by then you can retest and see if they are affecting you in any way and so we are now adding a lot more variety into our diet and then what's great is you can see if you react to it you know if for me i know immediately something's bothering me and so then you can know what it is since you're reintroducing slowly all right so those were some of the things that i wanted to talk about um i did end up i wanted to talk a little bit about the small intestine bacterial overgrowth known as SIBO so but how, how I ended up kind of looking more into this is all the doctors that I was seeing were already providing enzymes. They were saying that, you know, we either had fungus or a bacterial infection, so we would get, you know, various things to, to take supplements for these things. But when I researched 
Um, I actually did a quiz, if you, and I'm going to post this information, but it's a doctor by the name of Amy Myers, and I had come across her when I was dealing with my thyroid issues, and um, basically there's a little quiz that you can take that kind of suggests what you might be dealing with. I think, I mean, it obviously promotes that you should, you know, see a, have a relationship with a doctor. Um, so for me, I was able to connect my lab results and say, yes, this makes sense. But anyway, it suggested this, and it really made sense to me. And so they have um, a, there is a recommendation of how to use this protocol with children that was very similar that my pediatrician, that my son had used. So I thought, <clears throat> why not, but try it out, the, the method that this, other practitioner described. So typically, the other doctors. Typically, the other doctors would give the recommend giving the whatever was going to kill the bacteria or fungus, and then an hour later they would give the like an activated charcoal that would basically remove, I'm sorry, I got a little distracted. I'm explaining what the SIBO protocol is. So typically you would just take the actual antimicrobial, whatever, the fungal medication, and then um, maybe take an enzyme along with it. But this method is you take the enzyme, and the enzymes are very specific, and what the enzyme is trying to um, break down is something called biofilm. And biofilm, the best way that I can describe it, the best way that I can describe biofilm is imagine a swamp that has rocks in it. And if you look at it, there's maybe like a slimy substance growing on the rock. And um, anyway, that's kind of what biofilm can be visualized as. It's basically a film and it spreads easily and it, and and basically it's really hard for any of the supplements that you take to penetrate or if it does it doesn't get all of it so what you want to do is remove the biofilm so that whatever bacteria is there you can you can get to it anyway i'm sure that there's it can be explained much better at other other you know if you type in biofilm but there's certain enzymes that help and these enzymes you give about 30 minutes later you give whatever you know bacterial fighter or fungal thing you're trying to combat you give that and then an hour later you give an activated charcoal or anything that will bind to it to take it out of your system i think there's modified citrus um, there's various things that you can take and what i did is every day i gave a different thing for either bacteria or fungal and these were things that my doctors have already prescribed and so all that to say um, I did this for six weeks and I did this about three months ago and I found the greatest success with it my son would break out randomly and he's had no issues at all and I know this is probably little TMI but when he first began to do this process there his stool was very slimy and green and he even showed me and then it became more normal and 
that to me, I don't know if that was removing it. I know some people say that it's helpful or it's not, but it, it seemed to be really good for us. And up until this point, my son's been eating more things and not reacting. So I do think this could have been me even contributing way back to, you know, when we maybe when we first got the bacterial overgrowth and I don't know if I somehow I gave this to him I'll never know but I'm taking it day by day and this is really helping um, for not ever having to take medication or anything like that I can tell when my son is doing well and he hasn't broken out and he's actually eating more foods so it's such a good thing and I'm hoping that the more that he heals and his that permeability and his intestines get strong that I can introduce some of those foods like egg eventually and that he would be okay. So that's the goal. So anyway, all that to say, I haven't attempted it myself just because I am nursing and so I probably will try it at some point. I am I would say I'm at a really good place, but I'm still kind of struggling with rashes time to time and um, again it's mainly with processed foods and um, if I stay away from things it's fine but about three weeks ago um, I had sardines and I immediately had a stomach ache and right after that the next day I broke out with eczema on my hand and then I started to feel really tired well anyway I think I had some kind of food poisoning because the stomach pain I felt really sick and it kind of reminded me of you know, the intestinal overgrowth. And also canned, you know, sardines have really high amount of histamine. So as soon as I realized that, I, I stayed away from high histamine foods. And I didn't have to really do too much. I already tried to stay away from inflammatory foods. So it went away in five days and my eczema is gone. Now, sometimes my, my flare-ups would last months. This was nothing, and so I feel like that's where I'm at. I'm just at a much better place where I really know what's going on. So anyway, those are kind of the things that I wanted to share. I think one other um, thing that was really helpful, and this is something I did about three years ago, is when um, I was living in, in Texas, I, I found a, a doctor that was doing something called um, ozone therapy and he is a he was an anesthesiologist but now he's focus, focusing on integrative health practices because his wife was having a lot of health issues that she couldn't find answers so when I um, after I had that moment with God I literally found this doctor who lived five minutes down the street from me and um, I explained to him my history and he told me that he thought that ozone therapy would help so I'm going to go ahead and and add that um, website to to my blog just because I feel like he by reading it you would get a much better idea about what it does. But um, the procedure just basically involved like taking out a portion of my blood, adding the ozone to it, and then running it through um, I believe like a ultraviolet light. And by doing that, it, I think it killed bacteria and all the things that could have been causing the systemic um, infection. And then in addition to that, I got, um, 
IV vitamin C and vitamin B. Um, I think Myers Cocktail is the name. I did 10 of these and it really helped me because again, that was my worst flare up and I was able to kind of have, do this immediately after. So anyway, um, there's some other things that he prescribed that were really helpful and you can kind of read more about his approach. Um, one of the things that he recommended that might be worth anyone looking into if you're having adrenal fatigue or any autoimmune issues, he recommended hydrocortisone. It's not the type of cream. It's actually, he said, it's actually, um, you have to get prescribed, but it's something that you, that you take, uh, like a pill that you have to get from a pharmacy. And it basically is something that's depleted, that you're re, you know, that you're, um, getting your natural supply back in your system. So anyway, something to look into. I did do that for a time, and I would say I was feeling the best, and God was just so good to bring these amazing doctors um, along my path. And I just thought a little bit, I would just kind of, before I kind of get into my recommendations, just do a real quick uh timeline of the journey of where it started and where it ended that way if anyone kind of can relate to the symptoms everything that I said it, it, it might make more sense or the supplements might be something to look into so when I was 16 it all started with my stomach aches um, I'm not sure if it was H. pylori but it was confirmed that I had ulcers from an endoscopy when I was 18 years old, this is kind of a very controversial issue, especially, you know, in these times, but I do think it's a big part of my story, and um, hopefully, I'm just, I know that for every case it's different, and so um, when I was 18, I had signed up to participate in a vaccine research study at my university, and um, I signed up. It was a Gardasil study in particular. Well, anyway, the first time that they gave me this vaccine, my eyes swelled shut and my arms swelled up and the researchers told me that I couldn't take it anymore. So that was fine. And I just thought it was that particular, you know, um, vaccine. Well, I did follow up and I just also do think that this is something, you know, um, worthy to know is I was actually given the placebo and so I was reacting to the additives. Um, it would be so great if vaccines were just saline and the actual disease that, you know, they're trying to um, prevent you from getting. But a lot of times they add various things into it so that your body will react to it. And so for me, as soon as I had that first shot, which ended up being the placebo, and... Um, I reacted to eggs one month later, and that was my first reaction to eggs that I've ever had. I grew up eating eggs probably every other day. It was such a big um, part of my, you know, diet. So from that day, I haven't been able to eat eggs. Well, about three years later, um, I was getting going to graduate school, and my health record showed that I never got my second MMR shot as a child. So I didn't question it. I got it done, and again, I had a horrible reaction, and um, I ended up breaking out with eczema for the very first time in my life. I never had it as a child, and um, I remember going off to graduate school. It was so noticeable. I first started experiencing brain fog, 
And so um, I didn't know what to think. I saw my dermatologist. For the, it was my first time I've ever seen a dermatologist. They said that this is genetic and you'll deal with it for the rest of your life. You'll need medication, you know, like the creams. And I kind of thought, like, why didn't I deal with this earlier? Anyway, after that, um, I, I dealt with skin problems ever since then. And um, I think mainly detoxing. It was really hard for me to detox from that point on, maybe even of what they put into my system. I started breaking out with different kinds of rashes, dark patches all over my body, which I think are called tinea versicolor. It's actually a fungus. And if you look more into what are put into vaccines, um, I think a lot of them are actually cultured in fungus. And so that's why the systemic yeast infection or the fungus infection could make sense for me. Um, but you know, um, this is all can be found on the CDC. You can look at the ingredients that there are, you know, there is egg protein. There's also, um, different DNA from animals, um, all these things that make our systems react. And, you know, there is a small population that don't do well with them. And I feel like I fall into this category and some other people might. And if you read that there should, there is a, you know, a label that we should get when you're given a vaccine. Um, it'll talk about the people that shouldn't take it. A lot of those are people who have allergies with egg or that have autoimmune issues. And um, anyway, if that was a fact, then I probably should have stopped there. Um, but I ended up, a couple years after that, when I was working in a hospital, I got the flu shot. And that was, my arm swelled up so big on the spot I had to go home I was sick for about five days couldn't even get out of bed I was deathly ill and from that point on um, my allergies got worse and my next allergy was to pistachio and then it became a lot of tree nuts and again this was all new stuff so my immune system was definitely being affected and I um, really that's kind of at the point where it got the worst for me and so again, this is really controversial, and I think that it's good for some people to know this stuff because there is a population where that's why there is a compensation court. There are people who do react, and they have to end up going before a court, and they're in, they get compensation because they had these um, <clears throat> side effects. And um, anyway, I... From that point on, I decided I, God sent a friend in my life that just kind of made me question, or she said that we had a choice and we didn't have to, and I, re I remember thinking, okay, I can't do this anymore because I started to recognize the connection for me. So soon after that, I mentioned getting the um, dental fillings, um, and then I about 31 was when I had my son and we had that food poisoning incident and um, from that point I, I had about two really horrible flare-ups and um, a lot of it just was skin issues, breakouts, issues with eating, digesting, stomach aches, the pancreatitis episode that I had. So it was a very scary time and especially you know when you're a mom to two young children you want to be in good health. So um, I would just say, um, just to kind of wrap it up, I'm going to explain some of the things that I've been doing. Um, I did kind of already explain how I've been eating, how I've changed my habits. I still 
we don't eat any sugar it does really help if it I do feel like the systemic fungus all of that seems to be better but we are still sensitive to I, I guess like candida if you were to hear that term like that overgrowth we have to be very careful my son and I and my daughter she just my whole family we all eat the same now but we've really changed our the way that we eat and um, for me it might be hard for other people but for me I feel like it's actually made me understand like food and what's healthy and nutrition and also even how to cook I cook every meal and it can be tiring initially but it's now part of my norm and I do think that my children are benefiting a lot more from getting a more diversified and I'm definitely more um, aware of nutrition and a balanced diet and all of that now more than I was when I had my first child and so some of the, the supplements that we take right now, um, I will go ahead and post that. But, you know, my son and I, we take um, enzymes for our food. It does help, like if we're eating, you know, meat or various things, um, he takes it and I take it often too. I take a probiotic that specifically I found um, for people who deal with SIBO. Um, it's just a strain that's more effective. Um, methylated vitamins, um, also for folate, just because of the MTHFR gene mutation. If you take folic acid and other type of supplements, it can actually be harmful to you. Also, um, I take vitamin C. Um, we take a powdered form that we sc um, sprinkle on all of our food, and that really seems to help. Um, also... I take, uh, my allergy doctor recommended to take, um, to take, <clears throat> he recommended to take um, zinc and magnesium, and um, I guess I take vitamin D, and I think that's basically it. I was taking a lot more in the past, but I have found that the, the I'm actually doing a lot better with just keeping it a little more simple and not taking as many things, and I feel like it's the same for my, my son. I do take um, quercetin, which is a helps with histamine reaction so if I do feel itchy if I take that that really seems to help and especially in these seasons where I might have a flare-up um, and also there's another product that I take by Amy Myers that deals with histamine and um, I'll go ahead and link some of that I know I'm not including everything I, I can't find my list but basically those are the main things that we take and of course sometimes I might take a omega-3 or something but um, compared to before, sometimes I feel like just trying to have a well-balanced diet and just good nutrition and, you know, getting good sun and all that stuff um, is probably just all that I need. And um, also, I guess another thing to just keep in mind is just any products, if you are itchy, I know that you'll even hear it from doctors, but detergents, there's uh, one that I use that I'll post up that we all seem to do well with and I've had to really look at the soaps that we use because again when you deal with health issues you tend to want to go to the extreme of more like um, 
you know, plant-based things because you don't, you're trying to stay away from chemicals. But I find that I actually do worse with plant-based products. And so there's certain products that I just can't use that make me itchy. And you just kind of have to, again, when you find that root cause, all the other things will kind of fall into place and you'll realize what works and what doesn't work. So, um, I know I mentioned a lot, and I'm going to post as much as I can that hopefully will make this make sense, but if you have any comments or questions, you can go to our website, beentheregothere.com, and there's a comments um, section. You can also email us at beentheregothere at gmail.com and communicate with us that way. Our next episode is going to be Nika. She's going to talk about her health journey with her son. He's dealt with more food allergies. And so it's actually very, I mean, even though it's related to allergy, we've, it's been, different things have helped us along the way. Um, different lotions, different creams, different supplements. Um, we've, I think we've only shared one doctor. And so um, all that to say, we will follow her story with, conversation a dialogue of just you know talking it out with each other because I would have to say my sister was really there for me um in my darkest times when I needed someone to talk to and so that's kind of the whole point of this is you shouldn't feel alone there are others who are going through the season and um my biggest advice would be you know if you are uh if you if you believe in God to seek him um, and if you don't, you know that you can go to God. Um, you can open up your Bible. You can pray. Um, that's what I did. I was getting so far away from my faith. I started questioning things. But um, honestly, I'm here today, and I'm doing well because God is so good. And he's provided answers and he's provided healing. And that is going to be something we also talk more about after we talk about our health journeys. So anyway, um, just stay tuned and um, you will hear Nika's story next.